This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back to the second hour of Talkback. And, of course, we're in two hours, two full hours now, now that the uh, sportsman's programs are over until March. Talkback this morning is brought to you by Y West Storage, located out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. Give them a call today, 406-510-0590, for pricing and availability. They are making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Got the holidays uh, quite literally on top of us here. Need to get your home and business cleaned professionally. Do it right. Give them a call. Call Phillips at 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Bug Off Pest Control. Now, this is specifically for the Bitterroot uh, area residents who listen. They're very serious about protecting your home from pests and thoroughly treat both the inside and outside of your uh, home or your business. So give them a call, 406-363-1932, because at Bug Off, they don't go to work, they go to war. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, it is City Talk today. We have special guests in the studio uh, from uh, from the city of Missoula. But right now, we're going to be representing the county of Missoula with our county attorney, Kirsten Pabst. Kirsten, good morning and welcome once again, ma'am. Thank you very much. Are you ready for the crime report? We are ready. Go for it. So we charged 16 new criminal complaints this week, which is about in the average range, but we felt really busy because they were all in custodies. And as you know, those get priority over the not in custody files that we get from law enforcement. We only charged 13 last week. And of the 16, five were violent crimes or crimes against persons. And three of those involved interpersonal violence or family violence. Um, in the non-family related violent category, we had an assault on a peace officer. The allegation is the defendant grabbed the officer's hair and also injured the officer's ear. Um, there was a robbery in which the allegation is the defendant attacked the victim for a very small amount of marijuana. Um, there were five new endangerment cases. Two of them were felony DUIs. One child endangerment um, two, had two counts because the allegation is the defendant crashed his vehicle he, by running a red light, T-boning another vehicle with two small children on board. Um, in another, the defendant allegedly backed into another family at a daycare into the administrative category, we charged two fugitives from justice and one person with impersonation of a sheriff's deputy. And we also did a homicide trial today. Um, Jacques Bernard was convicted of deliberate homicide for stabbing his wife multiple times and causing her death. And uh, oh, oh, go ahead, Nick, please. Yeah, Kirsten, I just wanted to ask you, uh, last Friday there was a, an incident where a vicious assault occurred um, on Van Buren Street that involved kind of circulation of a video of that assault. And I was wondering if you had any more information about that. I just have a few little updates on that. Um, our investigation is still unfolding as uh, the Missoula Police Department actively seeks and obtains information on the case. Five youths have been charged. Um, they're looking into possibly charging a sixth one. Um, as you know, this involved a uh, uh, the allegation is they lured another juvenile into a residence and then repeatedly assaulting him, injuring him. 
um, it was filmed, it was put on Snapchat, and then brought to the attention of uh, law enforcement. Um, because of some of the language that was captured on those videos, we are also exploring possible hate crimes charges as well. All right, so, Kirsten, thank you so much. Yeah, this is this is so concerning when you hear about things like that in our in our city, and we really appreciate you bringing that to our attention. You're very welcome. Have a safe weekend. Have the same to you, ma'am. Thank you very much. We're going to come right back. Uh, we have City Talk and, and in the studio this morning. Of course, Jenny Miriam, our communications director, and Kalina Pritchard, who is the uh, city of Missoula's neighborhood specialist. So I bet she throws a mean picnic. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come right back with the City Talk on Talkback when we return right after this. Dennis Bragg with your Grizz game day forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. Snow likely through Friday morning with less than an inch in the valleys, but several inches at pass level. Colder with highs just above freezing. By game time, conditions should be just cloudy, although breezy. Cloudy skies continue Saturday with snow later in the day into Sunday morning, then rain Sunday afternoon and evening. Again, snow accumulations are expected to be anywhere from a trace to an inch or so, depending on location, with higher amounts at elevation. All right, we are back. This is Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. This is City Talk, and we're talking about neighborhoods. And I'm sorry, Mr. Rogers always comes to mind. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be oh, my neighbor? Peter. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Well, well, let, let, let's first of all, let's meet uh, for the very first time, Kalina Pritchard. It's a pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've waited to come on. Jenny finally asked me to come on to uh, so, City Talk. Have so. you been just doing this, tapping I the have, foot? I have. Like... I've been just pestering her. <laughs> no, no, I'm super excited to talk about it. Turn. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Okay. So so tell us about Kalina Pritchard. Yeah. Um, I have been at the city for about two years now. Um, uh, before that, I was working at the Downtown Missoula Partnership, uh, but I have a real love of local government, and I got my master's in uh, public administration. So I'm just super excited to be at the city, and I um, am originally from Washington, but my whole family's from Montana, so it feels like home here. So I'm excited to uh, be working at the city. Okay, so tell us exactly what you do. Yeah, so I'm the neighborhood specialist, um, and that encompasses quite a lot of things. Um, and so a lot of what I do is help neighborhood leadership teams, which are a small group of folks, um, meet regularly, so they post agendas, do minutes, but then they also work on projects, follow different issues that pop up in their neighborhood. Um, so I just help them and support for them for um, most of my job. But then I also work on uh, many different programs that we offer, uh, which I can get into. Um, and uh, I'm also a liaison within the city. So a lot of what I want to do in my job is make sure residents know what's happening at the city um, and then make sure the city knows what residents are thinking. Well, now, here's the problem. I I would imagine, I'm just guessing here, uh, how how many people live in Missoula now? About uh, 70, 75, 80,000 in the city? Okay. I wonder how many of those people know that wherever they live in Missoula, there's a neighborhood association. Yeah. I, 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 because that, I think that's your biggest job is to, you can't go knock on every door and say, by the way, did you know? I mean, so how, how do we, aside from having you on this program, which is really important, how do we let folks know that they're, they, they're part of a neighborhood organization? Yeah, a lot of it is word of mouth. I mean, I do a lot of um, stuff on social media and we have email lists at the city and we try to... Um, connect and engage with neighbors as much as we can. But uh, a, that's a big task of leadership teams is to really make sure that neighbors know that this is a, a place that they can go to talk about issues or 
concerns that they have. Um, we really, I, I've found that a lot, that a lot of people don't know either what neighborhood they live in or that there is uh, this way to engage with local government at that like base level. Um, and we're just doing our best to get that word out there. And we do mailers, we do sandwich board signs. I'm sure a lot of people have seen sandwich board signs around Um and yeah, do our best to make sure that people know they have this space. I know long, long gone are the days when the moms would put the kid in the baby stroller and just stroll around the neighborhood and lean over the fence and talk with the, the neighbor and that sort of thing. Everybody's, you know, in their house on screens or whatever. And there's very little real face-to-face personal contact anymore. So are, are you trying to revitalize that or just use the technology we have to try to enhance that 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 neighborhood get-together feeling? Both. Absolutely both. Um, a lot of what we do, especially after like the pandemic, there was a, a real lack of engagement and it was people didn't know how to engage. And so it was a lot of virtual. So we did a lot of Teams meetings or Zoom and, and did a lot of our work over email. But Really, we're trying to work on getting those community get-togethers back. And, and, you know, we have our large, you know, formal general meetings, but a lot of neighborhoods want to do these funner block parties or different community events because there is a, a more of a want to connect on just a neighborly level rather than a super formal city council meeting type of way. Um, and so we really are trying to push um, meeting in person. A lot of neighborhoods have started to do door knocking, really trying to, to really get that back of just being like walking down the street and seeing your neighbor and talking. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, and that can be so unusual. Who's that? Who's yeah, that? Right. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't do it. Whatever it is, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the neighborhood councils. Yeah. Now, uh, every, every neighborhood uh, has a council. Mm-hmm. And so who makes up that council? Who makes that decision? Yeah, so um, we have 18 neighborhood councils in Missoula. Now, there are um, 18 neighborhood councils. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, right. and so that's quite a lot. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't know that we have 18. Um, but each person who lives within the boundary of that neighborhood, and, and there's maps on our city website, um, but each person who lives within that boundary is part of the neighborhood council. Um, so whether you like it or not, if you're a renter, owner, occupant, you're part of the neighborhood council. Um, and then within that neighborhood council, there's a leadership team. And so that's a smaller group of five to seven folks who meet regularly. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the teams meet like on the third Wednesday of the month, things like that. Um, and that is the leadership team who works to represent the neighborhood Um they go to different meetings, they listen to different staff presentations, and so they try to gain as much information as they can from what's happening in their neighborhood so that they can then make sure that residents and neighbors know what's happening, but then vice versa. They want to make sure that they are understanding the issues and concerns in their neighborhood and then make sure that staff and elected officials know that what's really happening in the neighborhood and make sure that they understand the different concerns that are happening. And also uh, with the neighbor, the various neighborhoods, uh, uh, we've heard a lot about city council recently with, with the tie vote that happened. And there was a lot of news about that. And the, the we have, uh, we have six wards mm-hmm. and we have 18 neighborhood mm-hmm. associations. So how, how do we know, uh, how, how does your association, how, how does my association let me know how to contact the folks who have something to do in the city uh, for the things I care about. Is that something that you do? Yeah, and so a lot of it is, you know, uh, if neighbors would go to the leadership team, the smaller group of folks, that's a really good way to connect with, you know, if you have an issue, then they can kind of be that um, liaison to the city and connect with the elected official or department head. 
Um, but we have a couple different ways where we connect directly with city council, and that's through the community forum, which is on the fourth Thursday of every month um, in city council chambers. And we have a city council liaison that comes. So it's a direct kind of report out to city council and back. Um, and then we also, um, for each leadership team or um, each neighborhood, they host a larger general meeting um, at least once a year. And during those meetings, there's usually the city council there um, for their ward or the ward reps for each neighborhood. And some neighborhoods might have more ward reps than others because of the boundaries, but um, that's a really good way to connect directly. Um, and then anytime there's like a specific need or a want to request um, communication with city council, um, they're all really open to coming to leadership teams and talking directly with residents. And so it's a really great way to um, build that communication between residents and elected officials. And I, I was just going to say that if someone was running for office uh, in Missoula, whether it's city council or county commissioner or whatever, well, uh, whatever it might be here in the city anyway, uh, I, I would think the first place, the best place to start would be with my neighborhood council, right? Absolutely. And a lot of elected officials have gone through the leadership teams um, and kind of risen up to those mm-hmm. different. I know, um, I, I guess I don't know specific folks, but I know a lot of current city council members have been mm-hmm. on leadership teams. And um, yeah, it's a really great way to get connected and, and understand the goings on of, of city government. Okay. Well, the phone, by the way, phone lines are open at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Our guest here in the studio is Kalina Pritchard. She is the city neighborhood specialist, and she is specifically here to talk to all of you. <laughs> so if you have a question or comment about what's going on in your neighborhood, she might be able to enlighten you. That's why she's here. Yeah, we're going to come right back with more of Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Or if you have the KGVO app, you can just hit the message us button. And the KGVO app, of course, is available absolutely free from your app store. And we hope you'll get it and use it because it does work. So we're going to come right back right after this. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. I'm Peter Christian. Your questions and taking your phone calls this morning. And uh, joining us here in the studio, Kalina Pritchard. She's the uh, City of Missoula's Neighborhoods Specialist. And uh, Ginny Miriam here as well. But we have folks on the line that want to talk with you. Kalina, let's get to it. Uh, Doug, good morning. You're on with Kalina Pritchard. What's your question, please, sir? Well, I don't have a question, but I... Looked at all the snow that's just freshly fallen, and I think of Christmas, and I uh, have uh, an idea for you people on Christmas Day. And if you have never ridden the carousel, which belongs to the city, you can ride it free on Christmas Day. And if you've uh, got some kids that you want to get out of the house for an hour or two, you can ride the carousel over and over and over between 11 and three in the afternoon, Christmas Day. By the way, uh, by right. the way, by the way, Doug. By the way, Doug. Did you read the article yeah. I just did about the carousel? It's up on our no, web. Where it's, is it? it's up on our website, and uh, okay. I, I asked the question: Can you guess how many people have ridden the carousel 
since it opened in 1995. Uh-huh. It oh, is between. Well, I have. It is between. I can tell you, it is between four and a half and five million rides. It's up on our website. Four and a half to five million rides. Yes, sir. I got that from Teresa Cox. I run the. Oh yeah, that's 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 the person to go to. (laughs) I run the carousel free every Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and I've done it since the carousel opened. Good for you. And uh, it's a day when uh, (laughs) we have people who have never ridden the carousel. And they come down sometimes with little kids. There's not too many people riding it. And uh, you get a chance to get on. And I remember my first carousel ride was in Butte. And I got on and I looked down at the ground. And the ground was so far down, I couldn't stop screaming. And they had to stop the carousel to get me off. <laughs> and we still do that once in a while. But uh, last uh, last Thanksgiving, we had a little kid get on. He was held by his, his dad in his arms. And he looked at his dad's face the whole time it went around, and he didn't get scared at all, which is really unusual. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that's been about 27 years old, and we've just gone through it and reconditioned the whole darn thing. And the, the framework is well over 100 years old. Right. And uh, we took it off the ground uh, up there in Polson. We found it had been brought up from Texas or somewhere and was laying in a scrap pile and up in Polson up there at the museum and and uh, we brought it down here and reassembled it and carved 38 ponies and put on it and two uh, benches that you can set on that looked like chariots. Excellent. And, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to go on Christmas because you don't have to pay for parking. You got it. Th- you hey, park right, right th- in front of the door. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. By the way, when you go, when you look at that story on our website, there's a 20-minute interview with Teresa Cox uh, that goes from the, the beginnings to oh, the to the present of the uh, of the carousel. So if you want to know anything about it, that's where you want to go. All right, let, let's, uh, let's continue on, and I believe let's get Carl on the line. Carl, thank you for holding. You're on with Kalina Pritchard. Go ahead, please. And the best radio station of the morning. Thank you. Um, what's, what's the um, consensus of the Neighborhood Watch in regards to the Johnson Center? How active are they with the circumstances that get in, emailed into the city council? All right, good question. Yeah, so I'm not sure if they have a consensus on what's happening, but I do. I am also on the Neighborhood Watch um, board. Um, but I do know that the, they are hoping to get more people engaged with the Missoula Neighborhood Watch. Um, and so, you know, if, if folks have any questions or thoughts, um, I, I know the, the main, uh, person, the lead contact for the Missoula Neighborhood Watch is Tony Rollin. Um, and I don't have his email off the top of my head, but it can definitely get you connected with him. Um, uh, so I, I haven't heard too much about like consensus with it, but I do know that they're um, eager to hear about what residents are, are thinking all around Missoula. All right. And, and th- th- now you don't have to uh, just live in the area where the Johnson Street shelter is to contact your neighborhood council about that, right? Or- no, not at all. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, definitely you can, um, uh, there's a lot of neighborhoods have felt the, um, you know, have been a part of the issue of what's been happening with mm-hmm. um, the homeless or houseless folks in in Missoula, and so 
um, it affects each neighborhood in a different way. I would imagine it does because uh, uh, because most of the folks who don't have a place to stay usually set up in a in a park, right, in one of the city parks, and so all, all those parks are in a, in, a, in a specific neighborhood. So I'm sure that each of those neighborhoods uh, would like to be able to reach out to someone to say, "Hey, I, I I really appreciated this person, or I didn't appreciate that person, or I mean, is that one of the reasons why they're there?" The leadership yeah, or the yeah, neighbors, yeah. yeah. So for the neighborhood council. Absolutely. And so a lot of people who might not know what to do or, you know, if they, there's an issue that pops up really near their home or something, then they can um, reach out to their neighborhood council. And, and we try to equip the, the leadership teams with as much information that they can share mm-hmm. out and who to contact the city or the police um, to understand kind of what their, you know, what the possibility is that they can, they can help with or... Um, yeah, give them any kind of support that the residents need. And I, I, I'm guessing that the we we average about twenty five thousand people listening to this uh, program every day. We really appreciate every single one of them. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they're kind of writing all this down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, how do we find out? How do we find out uh, what neighborhood we live in? You yeah. know, uh, is, I know there. You said there's a map, mm-hmm. and uh, and whom. Who, whom <laughs> we should we should contact if we have ideas or thoughts or complaints or whatever it might be about our na- specific neighborhood. Yeah, so um, our website is Missoula-Neighborhoods.org, um, and that's it brings you to our it's our city page, but it gets you to you can find your specific neighborhood, and then there's information about um, who's on your leadership team, ways to contact them, things like that. There's also a map where you can kind of put in your address. And then it tells you which neighborhood and, and which ward you live in, too. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we are trying to do better outreach to make sure that people know which neighborhood that they live in because it can get a little confusing. Um, but if you... Like my next door neighbor's in that neighborhood absolutely. and I'm in this neighborhood. Absolutely, right. yeah. 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 Um, but then we also, you know, if you have any specific questions, a good contact is just our office. And so you can email me. We do have a, an email, which is contact at Missoula-Neighborhoods.org. Um, and so that's a really easy way to just contact us directly. Um, and then we can get you in touch with the leadership teams. Um, or if you want to find their specific leadership team email, because you can find that, that's on our website as well. Excellent. All right. All right there. Uh, you're quick and easy. We're going to come right back. We have Emmett waiting to visit with you and several other phone lines open. We're talking with Kalina Pritchard. She is the uh, city's neighborhoods specialist, and she's here to talk with you about uh, your neighborhood. 721-1290 is our number. We'll be back right after this. Now, back on Talkback, 721-1290, that's the number, and we're for another 28 minutes anyway. We have Kalina Pritchard and Ginny Miriam here in the studio for City Talk, and Emmett has been waiting. Uh, Emmett, good morning. You are on with Kalina. Go ahead, please. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Well, this is kind of a loaded question, and it really doesn't have much to do with neighborhood councils, but it does have to do with the city, and, of course, it happens in neighborhoods, so I suppose this might work. You're the only ones I could think of to talk to right now. Just when Kirsten Pabst was on, I didn't even hear this on the local news. There hasn't been a lot of crime reports on the local news, but there was a very disturbing report that Kirsten just gave about a bunch of youths that lured a teen into a house and beat him savagely, you know, very savagely. Six, seven on one, filmed it, put it on the Internet. Now, that's disturbing. That kind of crime generally, I thought, only happened in big cities like Tucson, Arizona, or Phoenix. That's serious, is that? And I wonder if it's not gang-related. Is there, what is the city doing to address crime 
like this? Is this something you could bring to a neighborhood council meeting? I don't think so. But what is the city doing to address violent crime like this? Because now it sounds like in our neighborhoods we're getting big city crime like in Phoenix or Tucson or Portland. I, I don't like this. I don't. Is it gang-related? Who do, who do we contact about this? All right. Emmett, thanks for the call. Well, that's my... Thank you. Thank you very much. You bet. Yeah, Kalina, I know that you're the neighborhood specialist, not exactly a law enforcement officer, but hey. Yeah, so I think, you know, that's definitely a lot of residents bring to leadership teams, you know, issues of safety um, within their neighborhood. And so there's been a couple times when leadership teams have tried to figure out ways that they can actually um, affect change or help in their neighborhood without being, like you said, law enforcement. Um, and so a lot of ways that they do that is, you know, make sure that the elected officials and city staff know what's happening in their neighborhood. Um, but then some neighborhoods have looked into doing like, uh, buying, uh, alley lights for different, um, and just handing it out to neighbors and, and different kind of safety techniques like that. Um, including connecting folks to the Missoula neighborhood watch, but then also making sure that they know the contacts at the, um, city of Missoula police department. Um, and so that's definitely something that does come up at neighborhoods. Um, now, do they do, uh, at the neighborhood councils? Do they uh, do they keep track of of incidents that have occurred in in their neighborhoods, or is it just a, as it comes up in the in the conversation? Yeah, not specifically take um, keep track of what's been happening, but um, I, especially when there's you know something big that affects the neighborhood, then mm-hmm. they they will kind of uh, dig into it a little bit, um, you know more. Um, maybe less on the crime like that um, happened, but like uh, a lot of, you know, there was a, a, a site or a, a death on um, Orange Street um, by, by a car mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And so they kind of dug into that and tried to see what they can do about that. Um, but it's, it's definitely difficult, you know, with any crime thing like that. They they really try to just connect with the um, police department. Now, Missoula, Missoula's growing. And, uh, you know, growth is good, but... Uh, I know one of the things that any any good city administration would want to do is to make it small in what, when it comes to problems and 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 solutions, and 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 the small part is the neighborhoods. I yeah. mean that that would be a really good place to start if people are really concerned about what's going on in their in their city. Absolutely, and I think um, you know concerns of any kind um, coming to the leadership teams is is a great first step. Um, because the leadership team can really help direct you to solutions um, with somewhere in the city or if it's a different organization within Missoula. Um, but they're really there to be that first step into local government and, and help find solutions. Okay, we got another call. Uh, this is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Nick. I want to do the app question yeah, first. Please really do. Quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Katie wanted to know, how are the leadership positions filled and are they appointed by city or elected by the neighborhood? Yeah, super good question. Um, so they're elected by the neighborhood. Um, so the leadership team um, ha- holds a larger general meeting at least once a year, um, and that's where all the neighborhood um, members are invited. Um, and at that meeting is where the neighborhood council, the all the residents at large, get to vote on specific things that are happening. Um, and so they are the ones who elect the leadership team. Um and if you're interested in becoming a leadership team member, you can either, you know, go to those larger general meetings. Usually we do a mailing or try to um, do many different types of communication to let folks know that they're happening. Um, it happens a lot in the spring and summer, maybe early fall. Um, and so you can do that there. But if you're also interested um, 
when there's no general meeting on the books, uh, you can just come to their monthly meeting and say, hey, I'm interested in joining. And a lot of leadership teams have some empty spaces to fill. And so usually we can appoint um, folks just um, before the general meeting and then the official election. It's not a scary election. You don't have to run. It's, you volunteer. and No, and, no, no, no campaign signs no, or any of that no. stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, and Vote so it's a, pretty, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. it's a pretty easy election. Um, and so uh, we'll do the kind of formal thing there. But yeah, it's super easy to get involved. And if you're not interested in coming to every meeting, you can still come to one every once in a while. We really welcome all residents to come to those smaller leadership team meetings because that's when they do a lot of the work. Do they ever do it via teams? Uh, or, or, I mean, is there a way for maybe somebody who's homebound who wants to be a part of the neighborhood but can't make it there? Is is there a way to do that? Absolutely. Um, at, at times. So some uh, some neighborhoods still just meet via teams. Um, and so if you're interested, you know, we can always send you the link. Um, some Teams like to do like a hybrid. Um, that can be hard uh, with different tech at different right, locations. Right. Um, but yeah, if you're ever interested and, and have, you know, a need, an accessibility need, you can always reach out to our office and I can figure out a way to kind of loop you into each neighborhood. Hold on, communication's a key here, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love taking calls from any type of person and any type of issue. And I, um, our office is really uh, good at connecting them to their solutions too. We're going to take a quick break, come right back. Jay has been waiting very patiently on the phone. We're going to come right back with his call in just a moment. We have several other phone lines open. If you would like to talk with Kalina Pritchard, uh, give us a call right now at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309 or the KGVO app after this. Small. Okay, we're back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. And uh, joining us here in the studio is Kalina Pritchard. She is the City of Missoula Neighborhoods Specialist. And let's get Jay on the line. Jay, good morning. You're on with Kalina. Good morning. Hi. I live in uh, Lewis and Clark neighborhood. In late October, uh, a music festival promoter went uh, to a parks committee meeting and was trying to pitch a festival, music festival at Playfair Park. Now, luckily, there was enough council members there who had questions that they tabled the proposal because it, that was good because the, the neighborhood had zero information about it beforehand. And more importantly, the Lewis and Clark Neighborhood Council had zero information about this beforehand. So my question is, what excuses can there be for the lack of communication other than the city wanting to slip this proposal under the radar and get it passed without any neighborhood information. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, it was a really tricky situation because um, the leadership teams and neighborhood councils aren't um, in some processes aren't a like a deciding body. And so sometimes it's, uh, it's not required to come to leadership teams uh, about a specific decision or things like that. So when that popped up, that wasn't something that was required to come through leadership teams first before it went to city council. Um, once it went to city council, um, as you know, Jay, there was a, a big kind of um, reaction from the neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods of like wanting more information. So we worked with the city council um and the promoter uh, to 
do a neighborhood meeting, although I know it was after the city council meeting, but we did try our best to make sure that the neighbors were um, informed about what was happening. Um, it doesn't make it better because it wasn't, it was, you know, after the city council meeting when it was first announced. But I do think that did help neighbors have a better understanding of what was happening. And then I think it also showed that there um, is a lot of importance for making sure that neighbors understand what's happening in their neighborhood um, for different projects, whether it's development or things like this, um, because I think the smoother of a, a process is to be able to have neighbors have a better understanding of what's happening so that there's not this contention. Um, and I think, you know, with all of that outreach that happened, um, played into the fact that um, maybe that wasn't the right fit. And so he, um, the, the, it ended up getting pulled. Um, so I don't know if it's tabled, but I think it's fully pulled. Now, awareness has a lot to do with this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just being aware of what's happening in your neighborhood is good, even though they may, may not have the legislative, if you will, authority to do anything about it. They can bring it up up the level to the next, which would be the city council. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, there was a lot of, uh, uh, the, the timing was unfortunate. I'm not going to, you know, uh, beat around the bush there, but I think like once the leadership team knew about it and the neighborhood knew about it, they really did all that they could to make sure that everyone was as educated as they could before the next city council meeting. Um, and so I think as, yeah, as much as neighbors can be aware and so connecting in with the leadership team or different, you know, our city email lists, um, then the more that we can all kind of help each other be, um, informed. Jay, does that help you? Uh, not really, because the city knew about it for five months. The mayor knew about it. The city council knew about it. And the promoter had enough details about Playfair Park that he had been working on it for at least a month, if not months. So uh, there was some communication between the parks and the promoter. So the city was aware of it. So this is just lack of communication. Okay. Well, Jay, thank, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Appreciate it. All right. 721-1290 is our number. Uh, Dave is up next. Dave, good morning. You're on Talkback with Kalina Pritchard. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call, uh, Peter and, and uh, uh, Kalina. And uh, what I wanted to bring uh, to people's uh, awareness is uh, I don't think a lot of Missoula citizens realize how understaffed and underfunded uh, Missoula police department is um our local governance has uh done a great job of funding our uh, fire responders a great job of funding parks and infrastructure and and even the the uh, the homelessness problem but uh, they have not been proactive about uh funding and supporting law enforcement on any given day we could have as little as uh between five and eight officers to cover the entirety of Missoula. Uh, the size of the city, the rising crime rates, um, we don't have enough officers on the street. We have about half, if not fewer than half of what we would need for a city this size. Another thing I think people don't realize is they don't have any cars. Uh, oftentimes they don't have enough running patrol cars and operational patrol cars to even put their officers out on the street. And, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, they're getting enough pressure from the from the public and from local organizations uh, about this uh, now, for Dave, whatever reason in the county. Dave, can I ask you a question? Where are you getting these numbers from? Uh, you know, I don't work in law enforcement. Okay. Uh, and 
uh, so, but but I I think if you anyone was to to look into this, uh, our our local police staff is not supported uh, nearly uh, like our 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 other services are here locally, and uh, our county sheriffs are are well supported and well funded. Um, but for some reason, Missoula as a city has not. Uh, done an adequate job of staffing and and providing their officers with what they need. All right. Well, thanks. I'll uh, uh, leave the. Go ahead. I'll, I'll leave it open to you. Thank okay. You. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, that, that's news to me. I, I don't. Uh, Jenny, uh, you're the city of Missoula communication specialist. Is that come before you uh, recently or what? It's always an ongoing discussion. Um, I will say our last two mayors who served. 17 and a half years between the two of them have been very supportive of police. Um, actually, we have, I mean, it's always a challenge. And we have challenges funding the fire department as well. I would very much encourage Dave to um, just send an email to his uh, ward representative and say, when budget time comes around, I really want you to fund police. Because... We have some people who say the complete opposite and say, you need to cut police and give the money to such and such, something else. And most people in Missoula and our mayors do not support that. They very much support police. All right. Uh, Khalid, do you think you want to add, add to that? I mean, you're, you're the, the neighborhood specialist, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't have too much more to add. Um I think, you know, just what Jenny said, if if uh reach out to your city council rep, um and then that's a, another thing that you can go to leadership teams about, um, especially close to budget season and um they're a good place where you can let them know um what you want because they're supposed to be representative of you. We're gonna come right back. Uh we have a one minute timeout coming up. The phone lines are clear. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number, one eight hundred five six eight five three zero. Now we're talking with Kalina Pritchard. She's the city's neighborhoods specialist. And we haven't talked about the local government academy yet. We want to do that when we come back. Stay with us. I uh, will try to take some more phone calls as well. Back right after this. Okay, we're back on Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. And we do have another caller, so we'd like to get our callers first. So, uh, Ed, thank you for holding. You're on Talk Back with Kalina Pritchard. What's your question, please? Hey, thanks. I got a, a couple questions here, maybe. Uh, we moved here 44 years ago into the Wapakia area, and there was a Wapakia Homeowners Association that I think was quite uh, quite successful. Uh, but then, of course, uh, the uh, community council or uh, or the leadership team or whatever uh, was uh, created, and really, people, I think dropped out because this represented such a wide interest beyond homeowners. Uh, I think there was a grade school uh, kid uh, involved on, on the council and whatever. So the question I have, one question, is are there homeowner associations still active? And I'm kind of guessing that in the university district uh, they have a homeowners, an active homeowners association still. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's that's one question. Uh, let's see if I remember the uh, 
the next one. Uh, yes, I can. You said email. Email somebody. Well, when I try to use the uh, email function on the web page, it says click here to email, and all of a sudden it says uh, add an account, and it lists, I don't know, it lists iPhone, Google. Like we have to create something with a password, whatever, before we can email you. And what? why is that? It seems to me it's creating a barrier. Good questions. Okay, those, those two. Thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, both are really good questions. Um, I'll start with the uh, email one. I have no idea why it's doing that, and that's something I'm going to check on after this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll check on that because you definitely shouldn't need to create an account or anything. It should just be able to email us from your specific email address. Um, but I did want to mention too, um, you know, if email isn't your thing too, cause I know a lot of people don't really love, um, using email that you can call us too. So I, I can give you my phone number, which is 406-552-6081. Um, and that's, you know, we, uh, take a lot of calls. We'll take emails. You can come to our office and talk to us, you know, really kind of, um, whatever works best for you. But yes, I will check on my email. Um, and then the other question about HOAs is a really good question. Um, I know HOAs are active in the city of Missoula. However, they're not connected with the city of Missoula. And so a lot of people do call our office, um, asking about specific HOAs, homeowner associations and Unfortunately, we don't have an up-to-date list on what is uh, active around the city. Um, and so there's some neighborhoods like uh, Miller Creek or Grant Creek that do connect with homeowner associations. Like there's a person who's on both a, a, an HOA and the leadership team. Um, and so in those neighborhoods, there is a little bit more of a connection, but um, it is difficult to kind of maintain that uh, connection piece because they aren't connected with the city. Um so that's about all that I very good. know on HOAs. Yeah, very, very good. All right, let's talk about uh, something that uh, that we just brought up that w- wasn't on your list: the local government academy. What's yes, that all about? Yeah, so the the local government academy is um, something that was started in 2019, I believe, from uh, city council in connection with the neighborhoods office. Um, but this is a six week free um, academy that starts in February and finishes mid March. Um, but it's a, it's a way that, um, neighbors and residents can understand a little bit more about the city. So each session we do a deep dive into, um, you know, the first one is about the three branches of government and local, you know, what our city of Missoula is for the three branches. And then it kind of dives into each department, like the police and fire, ha- uh, do a fun tour. You can ride a fire truck. It's really fun. Um, and then we kind of dive into parks and recreation and public works and mobility and to really understand. No, ride, ride a fire truck or drive a fire truck. Ride, oh, ride man, on. Driving would be fun. <laughs> ride on. Sorry. <laughs> we might. Yeah, well, it would have been really fun. No, no. Um, and then, you know, just kind of understand a lot more about what the services we offer and to know who to contact for specific things. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's really great and it's free. Um, and so our application is going to be, um, up on our website, uh, within the next week or so. And, uh, we really encourage all residents to apply because it's a really great way to understand more about local government and ways to interact and engage and have a better understanding of, 
Um, you know, if you see a pothole, who do you call? Right. Things like that. So. All right. Excellent. We have exactly two and a half minutes left. Okay. So, so uh, for those who maybe just, just joined us, uh, Kalina Pritchard is with us. She's the uh, city of Missoula's neighborhood specialist. Uh, we, we need to find out the who, the what, the where. If, if people, we covered that at the beginning, but we'll kind of uh, do a recap here at the end. If if I don't know, if I, let's say I live, I live in the Miller Creek. I live on St. Thomas Drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do I find out what neighborhood association I'm in? Yeah. And so you'll, the, the best way is to um, go onto our website, which is Missoula-neighborhoods.org. Um, and to, there's a, there's a tab that says find my neighborhood. And so you can do that. Click on that. There's a map that you can see and put in your address and you can find exactly which neighborhood you live in. Um, but then if you already know, say it's Miller Creek, you kind of have an idea you live by Lower Miller Creek Road or something, then you can kind of click on that one and that'll tell you, um, where your leadership team meets. You can join the, um, city notify me email list. Um, and that's the best way to understand, you know, when an upcoming meeting is happening, we send out notices, um, for every single leadership team meeting and general meeting. Um, like I said, most leadership teams, meet on a regular basis. And so it's the first Tuesday of the month or the third Wednesday of the month. And so it can kind of get you into a schedule. And so if there's an issue that pops up, you know, okay, I can go to the next leadership team meeting and talk about this. Um, and then if you also uh, want to uh, email them directly, each of them have a specific email. Um, but yeah, I think the best way is to um, join the notify me list that's on the uh, city um, website and then to uh, either visit our website, Missoula-neighborhoods.org or reach out to me at contact at Missoula-neighborhoods.org um, and we can get you connected. And 30 more seconds on why this is so important. Yeah. So leadership teams and the neighborhood office in general is the first way to really connect to your local government. And it's a really informal neighbor to neighbor way to understand what's happening in your city. And it's just a really important way to affect change in your neighborhood and to connect with neighbors. Because like we've said, it's it's gone a long way from when you can walk down the street and say hello. And so I think this is a really great way to connect with people um, and really build community. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. It's been a pleasure yeah, meeting thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Peter. Good to have you here. All right. So, Nick, what's coming up on Monday's fabulous radio program, sir? Uh, so, we will not be on, on Monday. We'll have a best of uh, from 8 to 10. But then on Tuesday, uh, we will have open phones from 8 to 9. And then from 9 to 10, we'll speak with folks from the Mansfield Center. They're going to... Uh, feature their new democracy team. So Fantastic. That'll be Tuesday. Fantastic. Grizzly football tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Not Saturday night. It's tonight. So, and, and there are cautions. It's a regular business day at the university, so parking could be a little funky. So be really, really careful down there. All right. And go Grizz. We'll see you Monday at six with Ace.